Anybody ever get an access denied? Yeah, I see all old people raise their hands. What, what's that? Access denied. <laughs> but then, do you ever get it right? And it's uh, and and it, boom, you're in. Just like boom, you're in. You're like. I'm in. You can't get me out. I can stay as long as I want. And I got the password right. And I'm going to get it from, you know, this is a day and age where everything is about access. I want my access to this, that, or the other. But we're living in a, in a spiritual time, and, prob- and really I've always lived in a spiritual time, where access is so important. We need access to the throne. We need access to God. But the enemy does not want us to have access. In fact, this world doesn't want us to have access. They want to cancel us. They want to shut us down. Come on. The enemy doesn't want you well, but I'm here to preach today that you have access. The enemy doesn't want your loved ones saved, but I'm here to tell you, you've got access. Come on. Sometimes in your mind, you say, I'm not good enough, but I'm here to tell you, God gave you access anyway. Amen. You have access to heavenly things. You have access to heavenly powers. You have access to the presence of God. And it's all because of Calvary. It's all because the veil's been ripped. And now you've been provided access. Oh, glory to God. I don't care what the enemy says you can't have. You have access. He tried to shut us down this morning. But we got access. Your car might still be sitting out on Highway 30, but you got access. Send a wasp to try to kill you. On your microphone stand, if that's not the devil. I don't think I've ever seen a wasp in this building. The devil will let a wasp in, but we got access. Glory to God. Some of you aren't getting this. Some of you are like, yeah, whatever, gun, 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 pray. We've got access. Just a few days ago, one of our elder emeritus is right. Bernie was in the hospital. He's still in the hospital, but he he was on 100% oxygen, right? there. He's not breathing. They got him 100%. They said he's in a critical situation. The church prayed, jumped to 50, jumped to zero. He's off the mass. He's eating. I saw that little video where Jason's in there singing to his dad, and his dad is like he's completely out, but his feet are moving. <laughs> I just, I just want to feel like even when I'm out, I can worship God. Oh, something in me wants to worship God, and that grants you access. My Lord, Hallelujah. Can I tell you something? I don't even feel like preaching, and I'm preaching. Because I have access. Somebody help me in the house. Amen. 
Glory to God. Access to the very throne room of God. In the Old Testament, the high priest could only one man, say one man, could go in once a year. That was the only time he had access. I want you to notice, and we've said this before, the procession, how that everybody's in the outer court. And the priests are in the inner court. It, the number got cut back drastically. <laughs> Instead of all 12 tribes, you know, in the outer court, only one tribe allowed in the holy place. And then only one person in the holy of holies. But Jesus ripped the veil. And we all have, but I, I, but I wonder, it seems to me, though, that there's not many church people that have ever really gotten in to the Holy of Holies. They're saved and done. And some have gone on and did some things for Jesus, found their way into the inner court, the holy place, and they minister and they help people. But how many know the number decreases quite a bit? They say today, if you can get just 10% of your church involved in outreach, you've accomplished something. <laughs> the number goes down, down, and then how many actually get into the, how many even know, how many Christians are even, uh, listen, there's a lot of churches today that will never preach what I'm preaching. They'll never hear about a holy of holies because the pastor hadn't even been there. Come on. I'm talking about a spiritual dimension that some people are not aware of. They, they're just sitting around waiting for heaven, not realizing heaven's come down. Not realizing that in the Old Testament he visited once in a while, but in the New Testament that veil is ripped for good. And you have access every day. You have access to the Ark of the Covenant. And I'm kind of torn between, I want to talk about the veil and, and I know the next piece of furniture is this. We'll talk about that too. But, but you, you have to understand what you have to go through. There are some requirements. And that's why there's so few that actually get in. to the Only one man got in once a year. Come on. And it's kind of true today. Because there's only one kind of Christian. And I'm not talking about any particular denomination. It doesn't matter what your denomination. Doesn't matter what your skin color. Doesn't matter how much money you got. It doesn't matter who you know, who you don't know. Doesn't matter how long you've been saved. Hallelujah. But there's only one kind of Christian. Now, listen, I know, I know people, people get nervous when you start preaching this. I'm saved, yeah. Yeah, you're saved. A lot of people are forgiven but not free. And even people that are free are not knowledgeable. 
Listen, I know there's a lot of people missing today, but can you give me an amen anyway? Churches in West Virginia must be bulging today. What's going on? We're, we're glad you're here. Glory to God. We have access, but not everyone has taken advantage of access. They only pray when they're in trouble. And they don't understand the presence of God. Let's look at the ark. Exodus chapter 25. Think about this sermon. I see, I see rabbits everywhere. Reproducing as I speak. Exodus 25 verse 10. And you shall make an ark of acacia wood. Two and a half cubits shall be its length. A cubit and a half its width. Width, And that. <laughs> Next verse. And you shall overlay it, overlay the wood with gold. Inside and out you shall overlay it and shall make on it a molding of gold all around it. Hallelujah. And you shall cast four rings of gold for it and put them in its four corners. Two rings shall be on one side, two rings on the other side. Yes. And you shall make poles of acacia wood and overlay them with gold. Put the poles into the rings and the sides of the ark that the ark may be carried by them. Mm -hmm. The poles shall be in the rings of the ark. They shall not be taken from it. And they shall not be taken from it. When God says, move, he didn't want anyone saying, where are the staves? Does God ever say move? And you're like, yeah, but I can't find my, uh, I don't know where my keys are. I don't know where this is. He said, no, no, keep the poles in the staves. Whew, glory to God. So when I say move, you can move. Hey, man, if you want to be a holy of holies kind of Christian, you need to keep the staves in the rings. So when God says move, you can move. It's like this. See, there's one of those rabbits. There's. The glory of God is, is, is there in the cloud, right? The pillar of fire and the cloud by day, fire by night. But he says, I live in the ark. So he says, my presence, what touches you is in the ark. But he says, when the cloud or the pillar moves, I need to make sure that the ark moves under it, with it. He said, church, when I move, I need my church to move. You need to stay under the cloud wherever. Oh, oh that's, that's too deep. That's too deep. That's too deep. I got to keep going. Amen. You shall put the ark of the testimony, which I shall give you. Listen, the word ark also means coffin. coffin well you just turn me off but how many know we are hidden in Christ how many know we are baptized into death how many know once you 
become a Christian, you don't belong to yourself anymore. Freedom doesn't mean I can do whatever I want now. No, freedom means you can do whatever he tells you. David calls the coffin the secret place. There's a secret place in God. I know I'm getting too deep for some of you. But there's a secret place in God that you can. It's in that. But you have to die to self to get into the holy of holies. Wow. Colossians 3 and verse 3 talks about for you and your life is with Christ in God. Do I need to preach this anymore? You got this? Because there's 10 rabbits here. Everything you need in the coffin is there. And I could preach a three-point message right here. Don't have time. But inside, inside the ark is the manna that never went bad. In the ark is all the provision you would ever need. You know, this is weird. I wasn't sure what to do with it. But all during worship, all I could think about was food. I ate what I always ate. I always go to Wendy's. This morning I went to Wendy's and they said, cash only. Well, that, that, that eliminated me. I didn't have a dime on me. I had to go to McDonald's. Mm. I said, get me a cappuccino. I get around and they said, our cappuccino machine is broken. I said, I rebuke you, devil. That's too strong. I mean, my car didn't break down, but God help you all if I didn't have my caffeine. I said, well, then just, just pour me some coffee and dump a bunch of French vanilla uh, flavoring in it. Because if it tastes like coffee, I ain't drinking it. And all morning I'm worshiping and different foods kept popping into my head. I still... I still don't know, but I think it must have something to do with the manna. And God's saying your people are hungry today, and they need a word from God. They need fresh manna today to get them through this week. It's up to you to collect it. And don't try to take more out of this sermon than there is. It'll rot. Amen. People hear things I never said. I tell you. <laughs> the manna, say the manna. All you need is there, all the provision. And then there's Aaron's rod. Oh, my God, what a sermon that is. It's the rod of sovereignty. It's the rod of authority. Listen, you're not getting anywhere until you get under cover. You need to obey the word of the Lord, the rod of sovereignty. And then there's the Ten Commandments, the two tablets, and that is the word of God. Provision, sovereignty, and the word. It's really all you need to get into the holy of holies. Give him praise in the house. All right, enough introduction. Number one. There's three things, I think. Let me count. Yeah, that's what I got, but it'll probably be five before I'm done. Three things to get in. Number one, there's a dress code. 
I know some of you are worried. I mean, Macy's is a long drive now. Exodus 28, verse 1. Now take Aaron, your brother, and his sons with him from among the children of Israel, that he may minister to me as priest. Aaron and Aaron's sons, Nadab, Abihu, Eleazar, Ithamar. By the way, that's the fivefold ministry with Aaron. And you shall make holy. You can't dress any old way. I'm not talking about you coming to church in shorts on Sundays. I'm not talking about that. We could talk about that. No. <laughs> you shall make holy garments for Aaron, your brother, for glory and for beauty. Oh, 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 my. Pause. <laughs> Play. So you shall speak to all who are gifted artisans, whom I have filled with the spirit of wisdom, that they may make Aaron's garments to consecrate him, that he may minister to me as priest. And these are the garments which they shall make, a breastplate, an ephod, a robe, a skillfully woven tunic, a turban, and a sash. So they shall make holy garments for Aaron, your brother and his sons, that he may minister to me as priest. We know that when he's ministering in the holy place, he was dressed a certain way. There's, there's garments you wear when you minister to people but when you minister unto the Lord, when you're going into his place, when you're wanting to walk in his presence, you've got to put on the linen. How many love linen? I could live in linen. I... And the reason, one reason they had linen is because it was cool. There's no sweat. Listen, in the presence of God, there's no sweat. It's not about your effort. It's about just cooling it and being in his presence. It's finely woven linen. Woo! Like, like the guy from My Pillow says, those, that linen, oh, that's cotton, from uh, Gaza, Gaza. That's cotton. Anyway, anyway, you know what I'm saying. The best linen. The best linen. And they would wear that. And that linen represents righteousness. You can't have holy, you can't have access with sin in your life. You have to be dressed in the linen of righteousness and holiness. It's like, oh, y'all praying for me. It, there, there, there's an old, there's an old Indian, uh, American Indian uh, thing about a uh, fable about. And I, I read the whole thing, but but I guess a fish fell in fell in love with a bird, and they had a very complicated relationship <laughs> because 
Because the bird can't live where the fish lives, and the fish can't live where the bird lives. Now, now there are something called flying fish, but they only fly for a few seconds. They only get in the air. If they don't get, if they fall in the boat, they're dead. <laughs> and then I, I, I know there are fish that know how to dive in the water and get their food. And then, but how many know they come back out? Because a bird can't live in the water. This is deep. And a, and a fish can't live in the air. I came by to tell you, if you have sin in your life, you can't live in the atmosphere of heaven. And God won't live in your atmosphere. He is a holy God, and nobody comes to the throne without holiness. Oh, my God. Hallelujah. Whew. So how, but, isn't it, but God has given us, now listen, in the Old Testament, there were times that God visited. In the Old Testament, there were times that he, and I could, oh my God, we could preach on all the open heavens in the Old Testament. We, we could talk about Jacob, and we could talk about Gideon, we talk about Ezekiel, and we may before the whole sermon's over. There were times that God opened heaven and God and man, boom. That takes a miracle. But I'm here to tell you, it wasn't until the New Testament that God made, how many of the Bible's really just a love story? And God made a way for fish and birds to live together in the same atmosphere. Lord, that doesn't get them excited at all. Thank you for the woohoo. Lord, help me to get back on track. There is a dress code. There are garments for ministry, but then there are garments for worship. There are garments for when you, uh, you touch someone else's life, but there's a different garden. Guard. Uh, <laughs> Garment when you touch the hand of God Almighty. Hallelujah. My God, hallelujah. Did I read? Yes, I already read that. Leviticus 16, verse 2. I know what I'm about to say, and I want to get there so good. And the Lord said to Moses, tell Aaron, your brother, not to come at just any time into the holy place inside the veil before the mercy seat, which is on the ark, lest he... For I will appear in the cloud above the mercy seat. I'll, I'll appear there. Thus Aaron shall come into the holy place with the blood of a young bull as a sin offering and of the ram as a burnt offering. He comes in with blood. You shall put the, you shall put the holy linen tunic and the linen trousers on his body. He shall be girded with a linen sash and with the linen turban. He shall be attired. These are holy garments. Therefore, he shall wash his body in water and put them on. We got too many Christians trying to put on holy garments over dirty flesh. 
There is a laver in the outer court. Get yourself clean and washed. You cannot lift up dirty hands unto the Lord. It's time to get washed. Can I preach about holiness for a minute? And if you're washed, you can put on the garments, the coat, the breeches, the girdle, the mitre. They cover the heart, the legs, the loins, the head in righteousness. So too are we to do in the New Testament. It's called Ephesians chapter 6 and verse 13. Therefore take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day and having done all to stand. Stand therefore, having your, having girded your waist with truth, having put on the breastplate of righteousness. Mm -hmm. And then verse 15, and having feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace above all, taking the shield of faith with which you shall be able to quench all the fiery darts. Oh, he's been shooting them today. Of the wicked one. Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. And number seven, praying always with all prayer and supplication in the spirit, being watchful to this end with all perseverance and supplication for all the saints. Can I give you some instruction right now? Will you listen to some instruction right now? I believe it would be healthy and helpful to get up every morning if you think you're going to walk in his presence today. To put on these seven items. Gird yourself. Put on the righteousness. Put on the helmet. Come on. Feet, the place of ministry. Come on. An army marches on its feet. The shield of faith, the sword of the word. of. Come on, church. Get up every morning and get dressed. It's not about what's in your closet. It's about what's in the word. I hear people say, when I get up in the morning, God tells me what to wear. Oh, well, bless your heart. I don't think he cares if your socks match. But he cares what you're wearing in the spirit realm. I would advise you to start putting on the armor of God and say, I'm ready to go in. God, grant me access today and let me walk in the things of the spirit all day long today. Hallelujah. When the enemy attacks, you're covered. When things get overwhelmed, you're covered. When you need a word, you got it. When you you need defense, you got it. When your mind starts going crazy, you're covered. Anybody getting me? That's your manna. You need to take it and go with it. 
point two, God. Missy, just make this two sermons and forget it. All right, here we go. So you have to be dressed. Say, I got to get dressed. Anoint that. Number two, you've got to come in applying the blood. You need to apply the blood. I think the blood, I, listen, I really think I need to preach a whole sermon on the blood. So I'll, I'll only take a half hour here, okay? Leviticus 16, verse 14, you're already nervous. Just hang in there. If you had somewhere to go, you'd been there by now. He shall take some of the blood of the bull and sprinkle it with his finger on the mercy seat on the east side. And before the mercy seat, he shall sprinkle some of the blood with his finger seven times, sprinkling blood. Then he shall kill the goat of the sin offering. One is for the presence of God and one is for the people of God. So then he comes with the goat of the sin offering, which is for the people. Bring its blood inside the veil. He has to bring the blood inside the veil. Don't forget when you're coming into the presence of God to bring the blood. Be dressed and be covered. In blood. Yeah, it's a bloody religion. Get over it. You have to be covered. In, in other words, we say, I plead the blood. What does that mean? I'm covered. When you're covered in blood, you're forgiven. Your sins are gone. Whew. The enemy can't touch you under the blood of Jesus. Bring his blood inside the veil. Do with that blood as he did with the blood of the bull and sprinkle it on the mercy seat. Next time we're going to talk about the mercy. And before the mercy seat. So he shall make atonement for the holy place because of the uncleanness of the children of Israel, because of their transgressions for all their sins. And so he shall do for the tabernacle of meeting, which remains among them in the midst of their uncleanness. Listen, you can't even do ministry without the blood of Jesus. Oh, God, help us in this place. Every morning, put on the armor and plead the blood, and that blood becomes a line in the sand that the enemy cannot cross. Number three, I'm so proud of myself. If you're going to come into the Holy of Holies, if you, by the way, how many want to come into the Holy Place? Most. How many want, would just like to live there? Well, here's number three. You can't come in complaining. You're not going in with a gripe. You're not coming in with a yes, but. You're not coming in with, oh, me, oh, my. You come in with worship. You come in praying, but prayer that's believing and not prayer that's complaining. And you come in. What, is, what are you talking about? Let's go back to Leviticus 16, verse 11. Back up. To verse 11, 12, 13. And Aaron shall bring the bull of the sin offering, which is for himself, and make atonement for himself, for his house. Right? That's about the blood. And shall kill the bull of the sin offering, which is for himself. But watch this. Then, say then, he shall take a censer full of burning coals 
And those coals are off the altar that were lit by God, a fire that never went out. Don't you come in with your little Bic lighter. You need fire off the altar. What altar? The altar where you got saved. The altar of Calvary. Glory to God. Have I been yelling at you too much? Are you okay? Coals of fire from the altar before the Lord. I love this. With his hands, and I don't know how he does this because he's got a sensor. So I think what he does, he takes the sensor, and without looking, (laughs) he slips the sensor into the Holy of Holies. And then he goes back and gets some sweet incense, beaten fine. I've been through some stuff, good. I've been beaten down, good. What hurt you was meant to help you. All right, that's another sermon. Incense beaten fine. But watch this. With his, with, and, and some, and some uh, versions say, with both hands full of sweet incense and beaten fine and bring it inside the veil. Incense is your worship. Incense is your prayer ascending. He said, I want you to get both hands full. Come on, church. And he puts the incense on the hot coals and the, the smoke. The smoke fills that little room, 15 by 15, it fills the room, amen. And he said, if you don't do it, you'll die because God's in the room. And if you see God, you'll die. But if you'll come in in the cloud of his presence, come in with the cloud of worship, come in with the cloud of prayer, you'll live. Both hands, say both hands, full of incense. You come into his presence. My God. I mentioned this last week, Hebrews chapter 9. I mentioned this because in Hebrews, the author talks about, he's talking to Jewish Christians, and he says, remember how it was Remember how it was back then with Moses and there was a tabernacle and you had the lampstand and the table and you had the showbread and that was called the sanctuary. Y'all remember that? And then he says this. This is weird. I I preached on this last week, so I won't spend much time. Next verse. He says, "And, and behind the second veil, the part of the tabernacle, which is called the holiest of all, which had the gold. Whoa, what? What's the altar of incense doing on the other side of the veil? That's not where Moses put it. That's not where God told Moses to put it. But the author of Hebrews is telling us what he sees, I guess now, is the golden altar has been moved. Remember, the high priest would put the 
censer inside, and he'd put the incense on top of it. But now the altar's burning all the time, and it's behind on the other side. All of a sudden, what we couldn't get to, we can get to. And now we have access, and now we can pray, not just in the holy place, but now we have access into the holy of holies. He's moved the altar into the... That'll get you about 4 o'clock this afternoon. He moved the altar of incense into the holy of holies. Oh, that's powerful. That's powerful. You know, in Jesus' day, that veil, by the way, that veil was sewn linen. In Moses' day, it was blue and purple and scarlet. Blue meant the heavenly, the heavenlies. The purple meant royalty. Oh, I preached a sermon on all those. The scarlet represented the blood. And woven into that veil were, were cherubim, different colors, all the cherubim on the veil. Beautiful, beautiful, beautiful. But in, the, in Jesus' day, you know, we had Solomon. We had, we had uh, the, the, the temple that Herod built, this beautiful, huge temple. And they said the veil was, was like 20 feet high. It was huge. And they said it was woven like it was supposed to be woven, but the material was four inches thick. And all these beautiful angels painted on, or drawn, or, I mean, actually stitched into it. And they said you could take two teams of horses and try to rip that, and it wouldn't rip. There's no way you could possibly rip that with any known technology they had of that day. Nobody could rip that veil. But when Jesus died, do you realize when he died, that was the Passover, and there was a priest in the temple sacrificing a lamb at the very moment Jesus died? And I believe he went into the holy place, and he brought that blood in, and he looked up at that huge veil, four inches thick, and he looked up at the top of it, and he... that's my interpretation of a rip he didn't need horses he didn't need military vehicles he didn't need a sword he didn't need a scissors amen but while the priestess ministry he looks up and the veil that 20 foot 4 inch thick no man could do it no ladder tall enough. It didn't rip from the bottom up. It ripped from the top down. And he saw that veil rip. My God, what a moment that must have been. And as it ripped, it ripped completely open. And the access into the Holy of Holies was now open, forever open. The veil is open forever for all of us. It's a return to Eden. That's another whole sermon. We're living under an open heaven, walking with God in the cool of the day. If we'll just go in. Let me close with Isaiah chapter 6. Y'all know the story. I think I preached on it last week. 
In the year King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord sitting on a throne, high and lifted up. And the train of his robe was filling, constantly filling the temple. Remember that? Did anyone get a Holy Ghost picture on that? It's always, God's never static. He's constantly filling the temple. I don't even know how to explain that. Above it stood seraphim. Isn't that what was, what was etched into the, into the veil? Each one had six wings. With two, he covered his face. Two, covered his feet. Two, he flew. And one cried to another and said, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is full of his glory. Hey, that was back in the Old Testament. How many believe it's still full of glory? That means there's more glory than we're even aware of. Come on. It's not, don't, you don't need to pray, God send the glory. It's here. The earth is full of his glory. We just got to figure out how to access the glory. And the posts of the door were shaken. Can you imagine the very post, the, the, the post that held up the ceiling? They were shaking just with the voice of him who cried out. And the house was being filled with smoke. My God. So I said, here we go. I preached on that last week. Let's, let's preach on this this week. So I said, woe is me. Listen, if you ever really get a glimpse of him, you're not going to be like, yeah, I deserve that. No, you're going to be like, whoa, I feel so unworthy. Woe is me. I'm undone. Because I am a man of unclean lips. Who am I to even speak? And I dwell in the midst of a people of unclean lips. For my eyes have seen the King. Because of what I've seen with my eyes, my lips are unclean. I don't know how I could even speak. verse then one of the seraphim flew to me having in his hand we put it in bags not because they're hot but because they're dirty <laughs> I don't want you going home with charcoal all over you you okay and one of the serum flew to me, having in his hand a live coal, which he had taken with the tongs, the golden tongs, from the altar. Yeah, 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 yeah. And he touched my mouth with it. He said, Behold, this has touched your lips, your iniquity. Your unworthiness, your sin, your past, your failures, all your doubts, your fears, they've all been taken away. Your sin is purged. 
Also, I heard the voice of the Lord saying, <laughs> because listen, when God touches you, he touches you for a mission. If he blesses you, he's blessing you to put you on mission. We had, what, a dozen people healed last week. Come on. Powerful. If he healed you, it's to make you whole for a mission. You didn't think I'd end up there. Y'all were shouting about getting in the presence. It's about what you do when you come out. Whom shall I send? How many believe he's still asking? Who will go for us? I wonder what Jews thought of that. Who's us? We know it's the Father, the Son, the Holy Ghost. Then I said, I found my voice because I've been touched by the heat. I've been touched by fire and I found a voice. Here I am. Send me. Here I am. Send me. Stand to your feet. Here I am. Here.